we are uh, hashtag blessed to be joined by uh, over Discord uh, by uh, Justin Rosniak, uh, straight out of Philly. Uh, uh, Justin, hi. Hello. How's, how's everyone doing today? Just wonderful. It's Friday. Yeah, doing great. Yeah. How are you? T-G-I-F. As it were, yes. Yeah, yes. for real. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 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 for those that aren't uh, placing the name, Justin, you, uh, you know Justin from his Do Not Eat uh, uh, YouTube series, uh, Franklin and uh, uh, his City Skylines uh, walkthroughs that have just a little bit of politics connected T- to them. Teensy, tiny bit of politics in them, yeah. Just a little bit. Just yeah. enough. And you're doing... <laughs> And you're doing a, a a new thing, right? That you keep—it's like untitled, but you keep calling it like podcast-like content. It, it, but it's it has... podcast with slides. We finally came up with yeah. a name for it. It's called uh, "Well, There's Your Problem." That's, and, that's uh, a great title. That's a great name. Yeah, could, uh, nice. you, uh, it's a great title. And could you describe why? Like, what does it cover? It's about engineering disasters. There it is. So, and there's your problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there's your problem. Uh, you know, today, just today, the episode on the Sampung department store collapse came out. So if you want to learn about how unfettered capitalism uh, killed 500 people uh, and and we make jokes about it, uh, that that's your podcast. <laughs> nice. I'm definitely going to subscribe. Uh, Justin, I am also an engineer. Uh, what kind of engineer are you? Uh, I was uh, I studied civil engineering. And I worked in historic preservation for a while. Nice. Yeah, you are the troops of engineers. Yes. Keep, keep keeping them buildings a, up. Uh, Cer- certainly braver than the other types of engineers. Yeah, like uh, the civil engineers are typically the people that need to get uh, professional engineering degrees uh, or licenses and then actually like sign off on stuff that can like kill hundreds of people by like collapsing and stuff. Uh, Whereas mechanical engineers just fiddle with gears on CAD and like, you know, electrical engineers work on like circuits and stuff like that. Um, I do a little bit of electrical and mechanical work and have a background in sort of factory automation stuff. Which can also kill people, but typically uh, not in as disastrous of numbers. It's it's no, you just like sl- slowly starve people to death by automating their jobs. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that doesn't get you sent to prison quite the same way that uh, real civil engineering screw ups uh, get you sent to prison. <laughs> Yeah, for real. Uh, and I always admired when I was going to school the people who were going out for civil, and I was just like, "Oh wow, it seems really dry to me." But um, like, you know, uh, I'm glad it isn't to everybody. There's nothing dry about a bridge. Yeah, or like a um, a, a well, municipal uh, yeah. waste uh, like leach field, and knowing how to the proper grading of like gravel so that you can like underpack a roadway so it doesn't wash away during like heavy rain and stuff like that so speaking of uh of mechanical things that uh fail completely tesla <laughs> seamless yes. and perfect transition yeah uh so yes. uh, tesla's having a, a really uh bad time right they uh their third quarter results they shipped or delivered twenty thousand less cars i think than they were expected to and there, uh, there's like three things. So there's one is that the second one is that they have like this summon feature where you can like impress your shitty friends by like having the car come to you in the parking lot. Yeah, it's, right? a, ba- it's a Batman. Feature. It's a Batman feature. And then there's a, a third one where uh, it looks like their their uh, batteries are exploding or po- could possibly explode. Uh, so uh, that's a 
all that's a triple whammy right there. Uh, Justin, what, why is it so hard for like a like a, a new car company to exist? I don't know. Maybe that, that I don't know. Like, why is Tesla screwing up so much? I, I mean, they tried to what just massively expand their 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 production capabilities incredibly quickly. You know, going from kind of a boutique manufacturer of electric sports cars to like, oh, now we make regular cars for the people. As long as those people are like relatively well off. Um, I, I mean, it's not an industry that has like you know uh, a huge track record of new manufacturers getting off the ground. I'm not I'm not a Tesla expert, but uh, I think it's I think it's because they tried to do something dumb they shouldn't have done. <laughs> and and then that dumb and the dumb thing is just grow way too fast too quickly. That, that dumb thing is existing, yeah. Yeah, existing or or just exi- yeah. I was like, what what does the world need now? A, a new car company, right? You know, like we need more cars. That's you need clearly to the backwards answer. of that. The best thing they've done for the environment is under delivering. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these cars, you know, they take a lot of energy to build. You have to mine all these resources. You know, you need to get this lithium. You got to get all the all the crap you usually got to make uh, get out of the ground to build a car. You know, it'd be better for the environment to just not have the car. You know, just just don't just don't have the car, don't don't do the car, no car, yeah, so just, please. So so only trains, basically, uh, is the the vision. I I I will allow buses as well. Fair enough. Uh, now, one of the things that really surprised me with the whole direction that Tesla went with um, is that one of the reasons that I think cars are the size and shape that they are, uh, besides, you know, uh, impact uh, readiness for large trucks and stuff like that, um, has to do with the technology and uh, associated with the uh, internal combustion engine. And um, that, you know, like I, I build and fly like little hobby uh, quadcopter uh, drones, which are also electric vehicles and they're highly inefficient because they're basically uh you know just running through a lot of air friction constantly just to keep uh above um, the ground but um it made me realize that like building ultra light vehicles uh electrically uh is a possibility that it doesn't seem that tesla went in like i could imagine a car roughly the size of a car maybe sleeker and maybe more sport sporty looking um that could weigh you know under a ton like we're talking maybe 400 600 pounds something similar to a uh, a heavy motorcycle using like an aluminum or a carbon type frame and then you know operate on uh an electric motor and battery system that would allow it to not have to have you know nearly as much battery uh technology and power as you know the tesla does yeah i, w- I wonder if uh, the nh that's a really hard acronym. Uh, NHTSA, National Highway Transportation Safety Administration. I wonder if they. Uh, I, I don't think they have like requirements for how heavy a four wheeled vehicle has to be. I don't know, but it seems like people would be terrified to drive something light next to semi trucks. Well, I mean, people right. ride motorcycles. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I would be terrified to ride a motorcycle <laughs> as I would a super lightweight car on a highway. Well, I've also seen uh, a number of places, namely uh, China, start, starting to design um, city uh, infrastructure so that um, residential or, or not residential, but people transport is completely separate from like uh, transit of goods and commodities uh, in terms of trucking and everything else. Um, so, you know, hypothetically, if all of the vehicles were ultra lightweight electric vehicles, um, then they might be able to stand a chance in a collision with one another. 
the People's Republic of New Jersey, uh, you know, d- basically did that with the uh, the New Jersey Turnpike, right? Like, you only passenger cars can go on certain parts of it, as well as the yeah. Long Island Parkway. But, yeah, but, yeah. But we all use the truck lanes anyway because there's slightly less traffic on those. Sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and and fun drifting is a possibility. Of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whenever my friends are complaining about, you know, the price of gas or whatever, I try to explain to them with this analogy how uh, incredibly cheap gasoline is. Um, You know, I say, all right, well, you weigh what, like 120, 200 pounds, depending on who I'm talking to. Um, You know, this is an already very dangerous argument. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely (laughs) stepping into some minefields. But uh, I I say, all right, so what's your car weigh like 2000, you know, 2500 pounds? And you're, you know, using this vehicle to carry yourself around at what, like 60 ish miles per hour. Um, All right. Say your car broke down. Uh, How many uh, miles to a gallon does your car get? You know, somewhere between 15 and 35 or something like that. And so I say, all right, well, if you had to push your car 35, you know, ish miles, uh, how long would that take you? And, you know, we do it out and it's basically like a long time. Yeah. At least a 40 hour week of like, you know, backbreaking labor. And I try to explain to them, all right, so you're complaining about spending about $3 for something that is energetically equivalent to 40 hours a week uh, or 40 hours of backbreaking labor. Yeah. But Chris, how many cliff bars could I buy with that much? (laughs) I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got a sticker on my bike that says um, uh, 54 miles per burrito. <laughs> that sounds oh, that's about right. Th- yeah. I, I think probably the, the bigger, more fundamental question, though, right, about like whether or not an electric car instead of a gas car is any better is also like what sort of city you have to design for any sort of car of any size, right? Is that yes. like it, it necessitates everything getting further apart and wider and then putting a lot, a lot of space around for parking. And I know that there's like people who are saying like, well, you know, once we get into like the, uh, um, uh, self-driving car, uh, utopia, like cars will just be like constantly moving and you won't need to park them, but that's never going to happen. I just, I, I, I don't think we're going to have massive, uh, self-driving car adoption. Pretty much ever, because I don't think it works in snow. I still don't think it works in snow. It doesn't work in, like, daytime. It doesn't work under good conditions. Like, self-driving cars are... I, I've always maintained that a, a car which is smart enough to drive itself is also going to be smart enough to demand time off and wages. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so speaking of uh, Tesla, one of the reasons they were in the, the news with this uh, Batman feature is that even the most like basic of tasks that you could have, you know, a sensor assembly, uh, self-driving car be able to try and uh, deal with uh, just moving from a parking space in a quiet parking lot, moving like 30 feet and picking you up from the store uh, is actually too much of a technical feat for today's um, self-driving technology uh, to be able to pull off uh, regularly. Um, So I think that, like, I don't know, it seems that most self-driving technology as it relates to passenger vehicles is um, a fantasy um, or, you know, really just a a glimmer of uh, hope in uh, a couple billionaires' eyes. Well, and that's also, like, the, the, the parking lot is the hardest place to drive. Or it's like it's got the most obstacles for a an AI to have to navigate, right? He's like on the highway, it's like everything's going fast and in like one mistake and everyone's dead. But like there's like 
I don't know. It's like kind of constant. I feel like whereas in a parking lot, you got kids running out in front of the cars. You got shopping carts. It's yeah. like uh, it, there isn't as many rules because you know, like people park in the fire lane and stuff. Like it just seems like basic rules of physics are like suspended in parking lots. Right? Anything yeah, could happen yeah. at any time. Pretty yeah, much. That, that is true. But at the same time, you know, uh, trying to deal with the um, the dynamics of moving, you know, like we were saying, like a 3,000 pound vehicle at 65 miles an hour or whatever and have to adjust to vehicles around you moving that fast. Like, it, you know, the, the, there's there's uh, breakdowns and in, in, in friction and and reaction time and a whole bunch of other stuff that, you know, like prodding along at two or three miles per hour might be able to. Uh, be a little bit easier then yeah but i i just generally think it's funny that like you know like elon musk who like you know i always love this old video of him when he was still with peter Thiel making paypal and uh he's he's got like three quarters less hair than he does now somehow so he pulled like a joe biden and like he, he's going he's getting more hair as he gets older and uh <laughs> or he's buying more hair as he gets older yeah i was gonna say yeah. he's not growing yeah. more hair no, he's buying, that much. yeah yeah He's going to the free market of ideas to buy his hair. Uh, and uh, and it's just like, it, it, but like, I don't know, something about like before he could get like all these like cool things around him to make himself look cool. And he's just like making a thing that uses credit cards on the Internet. Like you just like kind of see him for what he is, is just sort of a, a, like an uninteresting dork guy like i don't know it just doesn't seem like uh Who doesn't know how to smoke weed <laughs> what 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 if what if consumer banking but on the computer and no regulation <laughs> so i i have a to to bring this back to you know why not electric cars um and you know troy i believe just bought uh four new electric buses yes that are gonna take like a bajillion tons of bad stuff out of the atmosphere which is a side note i don't understand how you weigh greenhouse gases i don't know i think you Somebody's... have to like yeah like put them in a big balloon <laughs> right and then you, <laughs> right. And you put it, it on a scale it's proportional to how much diesel or gasoline you put in the vehicle okay that's ah. what i suspected thank yeah. you so so let's say um because you know obviously trains are are great and better than cars in every way better than really any mode of transportation but like in our area you you can't i don't think that we can reasonably expect trains to happen um i believe in trains I trains know you could do, trains could happen anywhere at any time but let's go with buses let's just go with buses Fine. how how much um of the kind of cityscape needs to change to um, move from like a car-based mode of transportation to but like do, does really a lot need to change or, or just from like a civil engineering perspective well you need a couple buckets of paint and you'd be done uh <laughs> maybe some bus shelters uh you know you designate some priority bus corridors and say all right no cars in these lanes now only buses and and then you know that makes everyone happy who takes the bus although the drivers get very mad and they have the money so then they start yelling and screaming and making a big fuss because there's slightly less lane space for them so you know the the problems there are all political the engineering is very simple <laughs> so if if it would be so easy to you wouldn't even really have to retrofit you just if it would be so easy to just make public bus transportation widely available reasonably affordable and not a huge load on the environment 
what kind of benefits would like light a light rail system offer that a bus system can't? So uh, light rail has a lot of benefits over a bus. Um, so, for instance, the vehicles last a lot longer. Uh, you can you, you run a bus for maybe ten years. You can run a, a, a trolley or a light rail vehicle for fifty years. Um, uh, another one is, of course, you got the fixed route transportation tends to you know encourage uh, or it, it it's easier for people to keep track of. Uh, it's easier to map. Uh, people just seem to use light rail more than buses. I know that's a bullshit essentialist thing, but you know um, <laughs> the right of way is a little easier to maintain. We don't have like rutting of the pavement like we get with a bus. Um, it's and you can have higher capacity vehicles if you're they're electrically powered. You usually have better acceleration, which is very important for uh, 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 anything that's making a lot of stops. Right? You don't want to you don't want like a slow thing that you know takes a while to accelerate. You want you you want a you want a sports bus. You know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I want a sports bus. That sounds great. Uh, uh, so like. Here in Troy, we have uh, the Capital District Transit Authority. It serves all the way as far north as Saratoga and then all the way down to Albany, including Schenectady and Troy. So it's like a really and all the little villages all around. So it's it's a a, a, which is like good. It's like a regional transit system. And that's good for a lot of reasons. That's a a good way to organize it. But, um, you know, like when you're like sitting at the bus stop and you're and your bus is like 20 minutes late. Uh, the bus shows up and it has a big golden emblem on it and it's award for like best regional mid-sized city transit 2017 or something like that. And it's like, well, like if this is the best in American like mid-sized city transit that the world has that that we can offer, like what the best that the world has ever seen the best, in America, the best. <laughs> the best, the absolute best buses. Everyone knows it, right? Like what? What? Uh, like like why is that still the best? Like what? What? We used to have much better transit in small cities, right? Yeah, I mean, especially before you had cars, it was uh, you know the trolley is the only way to get around, and I mean it's it is important not to completely you know completely romanticize these services. There are a lot of there are a lot of trolley systems which were not that great, but um, you know there are uh, it's it, it's certainly a um, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Uh, they were certainly providing higher quality service, which was used for by more people. I mean, I don't think buses should have the opportunity to be 20 minutes late because they should be coming every 15 minutes at most. Um. Yeah, well, there you get into like this uh, uh, chicken and egg problem, right? Where if uh, it's like designing for needs-based versus like choice-based, I think is usually the the false dichotomy that that usually gets made where you either design the system for people who have no other choice but to take public transit which usually means it's crappy, or you can do a, a choice-based model where you're competing with other modes of transportation, but you don't get more people to use the transportation if, it's an, if it isn't already good, but you can't get the money to make it good enough f- for it to be an option for everybody unless it's, like, really reliable. You know what I mean? So it's like, 
uh, like I, I don't know how do you get out of that that cycle as i i can't think of a good way except for just like building popular support for it in the first place well i i mean part of it is um I, a lot of times there is some excess capacity in the bus system you can sort of shuffle around to to create a high frequency network of buses that's what um Jared Walker at Human Transit has been doing in a few cities. Most notably Baltimore and Houston. There was a big redesign of the bus system to use the assets they already had to build a free, uh, network of high-frequency buses with free transfers as opposed to, you know, a bunch of meandering routes that come once an hour. And, you know, and it's all, you know, it's all in the details, right? Because you can, you can design these networks, so that they still serve the same people that they did before uh it's 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 not it's not always like a zero sum game like uh, y- you can do both sometimes with the resources you already have uh, i think uh, see our uh transit system cdta is going to get like four electric buses pretty soon kind of stoked about that i think i think that might actually be part of the bus rapid transit system that they're going to start linking up troy with because now they have Albany to Schenectady, and now we're going to get Troy to Schenectady, to Albany, uh, and that would be that would be nice. But it's going to still compete with car traffic. They won't give it a dedicated lane. They'll just let it like jump the column of cars with like a dedicated signal or something. But I don't think they're getting a, a dedicated lane, which means it's going to get stuck in traffic. Yeah, I've I've always been kind of skeptical of like uh, the queue jumping lanes because it's kind of like. Uh... Uh, maybe you could just give the bus a lane, like guys, just just give give a lane to the bus. Um, All that we're saying <laughs> is give buses a lane. Not yes. to mention that cars can get like extremely aggressive in places where um, buses do have like that little that little jump off point. It happens all the time in downtown Troy by the by the major bus stop where cars just like essentially steal the green light from buses. I'd be interested to see uh, what what's the acceleration like on. I assume they're battery electric buses. I I would guess they're not. They're, you haven't quite gotten to the point where you're stringing up wires yet. No, no, no. It's it's a battery. Yeah, and they're also giving them uh, four charging stations. Yeah, I also wonder well. about the uh, the charging rates. You know, like um, uh, battery technology, uh, at least like lipos and stuff, you can safely discharge them at like pretty high rates. But um, charging them, uh, you really have to go at like one C or, you know, essentially one milliamp per milliamp hour uh, for the um, uh, the. Or, yeah, sorry, one milliwatt or whatever. Eh. I, I, I would like to go on the record as saying I am firmly anti-battery. Uh, battery is bad. Um, just put some wires up. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, go, go off, King. Wire battery is bad. Batteries, yeah. batteries are bad because you know they just they don't last very long. And like as you said, like to charge something safely is kind of you know it takes a long time. So we we result that we have these uh, uh, you know the rapid charging stuff, which tends to damage the battery. It l- shortens its life even more. But this is what transit agencies seem to be going for now, right? I mean, SEPTA, uh, the transit agency where I live, just uh, recently equipped a, a line in South Philly with uh, battery electric buses. And that used to be a trolley bus route, right, where you didn't have to worry about, you know, charging. You just connected it to the wires. Um, 
The MBTA in Boston is also trying to convert their trolley bus routes to battery electric routes. It's it's kind of dumb. It's a dumb thing and to why do. do you, why do you think they're doing this then? It's cheaper in the short run. <laughs> yeah, always in the short right. run. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. but if you're talking about ripping out uh, electrical lines uh, to you know uh, allow for charging stations, it's not like the batteries themselves are cheap or you know the um, the the charging infrastructure. It's almost like, you know, the best thing that they could do if they had to do battery would be to actually do battery swap outs. So they have, you know, some type of forklift or uh, otherwise to be able to, like, load in freshly load batteries so that they could charge uh, while, you know, the bus is actually operating, especially if they're only going to have, like, four buses. Yeah, but it seems like you could at least have one spare battery that you keep in your bag or something. But like a Mophie, little Mophie battery. You just carry around a battery for your bus. You you just... uh, it's like one of those, yeah, it's like one of those little portable chargers, you know, but you plug the bus into it. But <laughs> yeah, like, it's a what, USB. what's actually USB a lot better, what's a lot better than a portable charger is just a wall you can plug the bus into, right? And that's what an overhead wire is. Like, it's, it's, yeah. this is not, this is not new or like incredibly exotic technology. I mean, we've been doing it for 110 years. Uh, <laughs> but you would want to, I, I would think if you were going to, you know, create a, a new, you know, electric bus line with that was wired, you would you would want to bury that, right? Because, I mean, up here we have, like, really brutal snowstorms in the winter that bring down power lines all the time, which, as a side note, I'm still shocked that, like, all of our power lines are somehow, for some reason, still above ground. So, actually, I mean, it's backwards of that, right? So, um, Washington, D.C., in New York City... Back when they had trolley systems, they both prohibited overhead uh, wires, right? So instead they had this conduit system, right? Which is like a buried third rail. And then there was a plow that went into a slot in the street to contact the third rail, right? And when it snowed, it was just a disaster because it completely filled up with snow. No trolleys could move, uh, you know, and you couldn't really get in to clean anything, you know, because A, it's powered up at 600 volts. B, it's like, um, you know, it's just a very narrow slot full of slush. Uh, and overhead wires didn't have that problem. You couldn't have snow accumulate on overhead wires. It was, it was fine. You know, the worst thing that would happen would be, you know, the street would be kind of blocked because of snow. But, you know, that's that's going to happen either way. And so you can't, like, char- uh, charge a bus or, or electrify a, a bus the way that, like, a and a little toy electric train works, right? Because it just completes a circuit on the rail itself. But then if, like, you just, like, got a kid that would connect their body between the two rails, they would, like, get fried, right? Like yeah, that's, or if, that's or if you step work. on the one rail and the ground, um, that'd be very bad. Okay. Yes. Huh. <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's why not, we're not, not allowed not to recommended. the subway. Not getting yeah. hit. I mean, that is... I, that's, I, it's actually the... Um, the, the the return current for trolleys and subway uh, lines goes through the rails. It's hmm, just that it's, makes sense. It's, it's 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 zero volts though. Rather than having like a negative voltage and a positive voltage, there's a positive voltage mm-hmm. and zero. So you know if you step off it and on the ground, you you don't die. Hmm. Interesting. But the third rail is the one that's uh, charged. So if you touch either ground or one of the other grounded rails and you touch the third rail, then it will arc through your body. Yes, then you're not going to have a good day. 
That's that's a bad day, folks. Yeah, it's a very bad day. <laughs> yeah, and that's also why you don't touch the third rail of politics, right? That's I was why. really trying to come up <laughs> yes, with yes, yes. third rail politics. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that wasn't, the, I, that's the best I could come yeah, up with. There, there I'm so, really not still happy with it, but yeah, you know, leave it in. Leave there's it. a lot of third rails of politics, right? Yeah, yeah, mostly about trolleys and trains. And that, isn't that interesting? Wow. Oh, the irony. <laughs> oh, the irony. So, like, yeah, I... I you you know about like uh, uh, cities that had, um, that were small but still had like pretty decent rail systems, right? Like it wasn't just New York City, Philly, and like big cities that had a really well functioning transit a hundred years ago, right? It was it, it, smaller it was, cities could have that a lot too, of, right? Yeah, it was a lot of places. I mean, obviously everywhere had a streetcar network, right? And again, as I said, it's important not to, you know, completely romanticize these things. They were sometimes pretty crappy. But uh, you had, like, really high-quality infrastructure in places like Rochester where, you know, they tried to get the trolleys off the streets, so they put them in a subway. That subway is still there. They don't use it for transit anymore, though. Um, And then you have Cincinnati tried to do the same thing. There's the famous never-used Cincinnati subway. Uh, It's all there. Uh, They never used it. Because uh, that was going to be another trolley subway. And then there were cities like Louisville, Kentucky, which had a elevated railroad that they ripped down shortly after the, uh, uh, shortly after the Model T came out. Uh, and as well, uh, Sioux City, Iowa had... I think it's Iowa, right? Sioux City's in Iowa? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Okay, okay. They had an elevated railroad, like full-on Chicago-style elevated railroad. Which again, they they ripped down when we came Chicago up with cars. Style, Chicago style railroad is where the train goes through a bunch of tomato sauce with yeah, a really it run, thick it runs layer entirely yeah, it's on like a marinara. Train cake. Right. Yeah, yeah, marinara based train system. Yes, yes. <sighs> now, uh, probably a few uh, local listeners uh, know about this, but uh, Troy actually had a streetcar system and an underground uh, tr- trolley uh, tunnel. Um, and that was recently excavated uh, during the construction for the uh, city station, which is like uh, off-campus housing for graduate students and families. Um, but when they when they first were doing the uh, construction for that, they ripped up old Sixth Ave, and um, it, underneath there was probably like a forty-foot maybe 30 foot diameter tunnel completely buried under the road. And it was like four or five uh, bricks thick in terms of, um, you know, the wall thickness of it. Uh, And they uh, tried filling it uh, with sand. Uh, But on the night that they had excavated it, um, a few of my friends went down to explore and we could, you know, as we went down into the underground tunnel, they had packed it up so that no one would go beyond it. But we climbed up on the pile of sand, like looked down the, um, the thing in China, a flashlight, and it went down probably another couple hundred feet uh, down by uh, the, uh, the the police uh, station. That's so cool, man! Uh, and, and, and which is like the opposite of the other old infrastructure that I know about in Troy. That is absolutely not cool. Like the fact that a lot of our some of our pipes are still wooden. Like, oh, yep, yeah, where yep. we have like burned out tree trunks that we, yeah. that were used as uh, as pipes. That that's wild. We got we got those in Philly too. Oh wow! Still really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They they dig up a couple every once in a while because you know we're in a 
three hundred year replacement schedule. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're on a replacement schedule anytime it disastrously ruptures and you know shuts down uh, drinkable water for you know several city blocks. If that, then, that's a, I mean... that's a three hundred year schedule. Yeah. Yeah, my my my, my favorite uh, Troy water main break was when uh, one broke that had a uh, it was like a, a riveted steel pipe that uh, was old and also rare, and so they had to like fly someone in that understood what the hell this pipe was, so that they could fix it because like no one on staff had ever seen a pipe like that before and didn't know like what was the best way to keep it from like bursting mm. and, that, and that's when you really have like a, a like a real rare rarefied boutique uh water system it's really quite incredible yeah and then uh we also have the uh the gas lamps which you can still see a bunch of them uh i think yeah. some of the ones outside of like uh browns are original um and uh, you know they're obviously not under pressurized gas but the old gas holder building used to just have tanks where they would pressurize and put um you know this essentially methane uh so that people could have street lights back then yeah just a gigantic cylinder in the middle of the city full of methane nothing could go wrong there at all probably fine good, good system it's still a beautiful it, building it's it is still there building. right yeah, 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 our gas yeah, holder so building it, it is, never yeah, blew solar. up, so it's fine. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was always a good idea. It was always a good yeah. idea, yes. No, the only great fire Troy ever experienced was caused by a train. Yeah, your beloved your beloved vehicle. My so what do you God. have to say about that now? Well, well yeah. so, so technically it was the wooden bridge that it had to go over. All right, so blame yeah, the bridge. No, it's That's the bridge. Fine. It's not the train. It's the bridge. Look, I mean, if, sorry, if, this is clearly a contentious issue. <laughs> if the train set your city on fire, it probably deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that city wearing? <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> Look, trains will be trains. All right. I do. I do really like that about about. Uh, no, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, say it. I'll edit it out. I promise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's a there's like this part of train history where uh, like unwed gentlemen wouldn't be seen in the same train car as women. I think I might have mentioned this, this when we were last talking episode. about yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why. I, that's why I stopped talking. We also we also talked about uh, ladies getting off on trains because yeah. they're bumpy. So yeah, you know. that was pretty oh cool. my. <laughs> 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 so you were you were talking earlier about um uh you know how cars and electric cars are um you know not much of an improvement at all and the best thing that uh could be done environmentally uh as far as uh the teslas are concerned is to uh make sure the demand for them doesn't go up um and so you know i'd love love for you to elaborate a little bit more about that i i, I mean the the one thing you'd want to do is i mean obviously like it, most trips out there right Mo most of the trips we do on a daily basis are you know, one to three miles, maybe, right? Um, and that's not going to help us. We're not going to be helped so much by that with, um, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, 
stuff like high speed rail or something like that, which you know seems to be the focus of like the Green New Deal. Uh, you'd want to like just start really reconfiguring the built environment to be much more friendly to say electric bikes, you know, mm-hmm. uh, stuff, you know, little low impact vehicles that, you know, don't go super duper fast. Uh, have you checked out, uh, o- organic transit? Uh, which one is that? That's a small company. They're out of, uh, I think it's Raleigh, North Carolina, or uh, no, Durham, North Carolina. Um, and, but what they do is they have a uh, little vehicle that's a three-wheeled uh, recumbent bicycle type structure with a, a sort of upright seating. And um, they have it two seat wide, and they have a cargo area in the back, solar panel on the top, and then it's electric assist. So that you don't need to plug it into a charger. It just charges during the time that you're not riding it. Um, but it allows you to carry a uh, cargo, like you were saying, uh, like an electric bike. So, you know, as a, a city cyclist, uh, for the last, you know, entirety of my adult life, um, one of the things that I ha- use a car for, uh, most frequently is, uh, to, uh, go and get groceries and things like that. Um, so it's an interesting little company, but it's like, a cross between basically a bicycle and a car. It's like an ultra lightweight, um, you know, uh, canopied, uh, vehicle. So it can go up to, you know, city, uh, speeds, you know, 30 ish miles an hour with the electric assist, but it can't go that far. And if it gets hit, you're done. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, that seems to be to me a pretty practical, um, you know, uh, solution for a lot of, uh, you know, inner city transit. I, it does, that does sound extremely good. I mean, the only thing is, you know, I'd be absolutely terrified to ride it, right? Because I, uh, because you know, I I do, I I am also a city cyclist, but like recumbent bikes terrify me because I have no visibility. I don't know if someone's gonna, you know, just just murder me on uh, yeah yeah you know, Spruce Street or something, yeah. <laughs> So, so this one is uh, it's a little bit taller than a recumbent bike. It's about the same height as like a regular uh, bicycle uh, in terms of visibility, people being able to see you. But it does have that canopy. So uh, unlike a bicycle where you can like just spin your head and literally see everything around you, um, you know, you have the posts and you have the sort of blind spots that are traditional with cars. Um, but the uh, being seen isn't as much of a problem. I think the biggest concern I would have with it is like how cars would interact with me like whether they would try and you know keep me off to the side of the road like a bicycle but i'm sort of wider and easier to hit and uh, already you know i feel uh, as a city cyclist in troy that um cars just don't know what to do like anytime they're presented with a, a bicycle in front of them like in the lane like if i'm taking a left turn or something sometimes they just sort of short circuit and start uh speaking in tongues and freaking out i bet the the first cop that sees you on that thing would pull you over too is there like i don't this doesn't fit in a category so it's probably illegal and i'm gonna arrest I, you and or shoot you i got pulled over by a green island uh police department uh officer just so he could check out my recumbent <laughs> the one i built good oh yeah, yeah i was well. like what the fuck <laughs> he's like how does that thing steer i was like what? am i free to go <laughs> Am I being detained? Is my recumbent bicycle being detained? (laughs) I was traveling. I'm not driving. I'm traveling. I was about to say, yeah, this is... The uh, Constitution. Sovereign citizen cyclist. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pull out my uh, my green admiralty law. (laughs) That flag has fringes on it. (laughs) 
you were talking about how uh, electric bikes are a much more appropriate, uh, you know, transit uh, option within cities uh, for, you know, the, the short less than five or to, you know, 10 miles, uh, you know, trips. Any other things that uh, me bringing that up inspires in terms of trains of thought? I just that um, you know it's it's this this car thing is a dead end. Uh, <laughs> cars, uh, they're they're canceled. You heard it here for, first, <laughs> folks. I, I don't think they're going to catch on. To be honest, you know they I, seem like a real flash in the pan I technology. The, the car will never come into as common use as the bicycle, as uh, I believe Lord Byron said. <laughs> notable yeah. guy who was right about things um <laughs> yeah and I, 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 I was just thinking you know like we were just talking earlier about how uh uh tesla cars are catching on fire or like they could possibly catch on fire with uh like the batteries that they slapdash you know like threw in them in the gigafactory but i think like if the one of the four electric buses that we got in troy if any one of them had any sort of problem whatsoever Instantly, all four buses would be oh my like... my god, if the door stops working, they're going to fucking cancel that shit. Yeah, just, just, right, yeah. They're, they're going to cancel like, everyone inside with fire? Yeah, yeah, just like, <laughs> yeah, just like every, everyone inside that bus is also implicated somehow. And, just, you know, just like the, the benefit of the doubt, you know, that would be given to uh, a, a Tesla car, because somehow if it's, a, if it's in a car, it's innovative. But if it's in a bus... It's, uh, you know, it's, it was just like, well, you know, it was a weird uh, makeshift fix, and clearly that wasn't, like, the right thing to, to do. Yeah. W- you know, understanding all the problems that we already described with, like, battery-powered buses at all. But, like, still, it, I just, I have, it's annoying that, 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 that uh, battery-powered cars are somehow considered innovative, but uh, they're not any better in fact they're probably worse than the hundred year old electric uh holy electric uh uh trains that we would have had all the way through to the 70s yes uh, i mean there were still major like electric uh freight train operations on, on the east coast until the 80s and until the 70s going over the rocky mountains um and it's like nope everything's diesel now uh <laughs> Yeah, and is that is that really just like the um, the simple you know like who framed Roger Rabbit argument that it's just like GM and the oil industry wanting that to happen, or is there like is it any more complicated than that? I don't think it is. Uh, I mean, in terms of like the great American streetcar scandal, there's there's there were definitely major problems with streetcar systems. You know, usually they. They operated a franchise on city streets, which meant they were responsible for maintaining the streets, which were free to use for cars. They were responsible for clearing snow. They were responsible for, you know, basically everything. And they, Usually couldn't, they fa- couldn't raise the, fares, right? Like They, they were, couldn't raise fares, yeah. They couldn't increase revenue, and they had a way, way more uh, costs that also benefited cars. Yeah. And they were also um, a lot of times constrained by, I mean, they they were competing against a, a a system that was so heavily subsidized, which is the 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 whole road system, that there was no possible way they could, you know, there there was there's no realistic scenario where they they remain combat competitive, uh, you know, and of course it, it's it's a very expensive industry being in transportation, especially when you're maintaining 
expensive old electrical infrastructure. Um, well, hey, look, when, when Eisenhower appointed the uh, the uh, board member of General Motors to that panel that decided whether or not we should have a national highway system, you know, like they wanted to get to the bottom of it. They really wanted to, you know, like have a fair, unbiased, uh, you know, research project to see if we if we really needed that thing or not. So, so Justin, what I'm hearing is that you're advocating for us to leapfrog over electric cars and go right to atomic cars. Am I right? I am. I, I mean, I think the the way you do. So, like, I live in Philadelphia, right? We already have atomic trains here because uh, everything's powered from uh, Limerick Nuclear Generating Station. Oh, fair so, enough. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, yeah. So uh, atomic. I'm yes, talking about it has the a, reactor in the car. I want my own want. nuclear fusion reactor. I feel a little unsafe when I travel in a gasoline-powered car. So yeah. I could really just have like an, an, a nuclear plant inside my single atomized transportation vehicle. I, I, yeah, maybe a Stirling engine connected to it or maybe I'm, a I'm full usually, steam turbine. <laughs> I'm usually pretty pro-nuclear, but I feel like this one may be gone too far. Uh, okay. Uh, 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 here, n- nuclear hot take. Nuclear yeah. subs are aquatic trains. Huh. What if a submarine, but for the ground? <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's how they invented the subway. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what was that? Uh, the movie Snowpiercer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes, but this is ground piercer. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, so, so why are you pro uh, nuke? Uh, you know. Here we go. No, no. Oh I, boy. I, I, I'm, I'm, I, so I'll get get right out and talk about my biases against nuke, uh, which is generally that I don't think our society is going to survive the uh, uh, lifetime maintenance period of most nuclear reactors, and I don't think that we really have a uh, sustainable way of either producing the nuclear fuel or getting rid of the nuclear waste. Uh, in a way that, you know, jives with any sense of human rights or ecological, um, you know, uh, stewardship. But th- that that's just my relatively... Yeah, so that's all un- you have to argue against, you <laughs> that's, know? Yeah, that's my relatively <laughs> uninformed uh, set of biases. I, I, but, I, my, but I'm curious uh, what the uh, the pro-nuclear uh, stance is. My, 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 it's just generally from, like, living around like nuclear power plants for most of my life it's like well, my best friend you know, is a, a nuclear power my plant. best friend yeah exactly right <laughs> it's, it's like you know on a good day philadelphia is already getting like uh damn near 100 percent carbon-free electricity from mm-hmm. our three or four nuclear power plants and it's like well what why why do we want to you know try and get rid of a good thing you know we, we're 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 largely if we're trying to switch over to renewable energy uh, in south southeastern Pennsylvania, we got to mm-hmm. make some hard land use choices. Fair um, enough. Yeah, I think that, I think that's you know a good argument to be made in terms of um, the the density of uh, of utilization that you would need to be able to generate uh, the equivalent amount of energy from a nuclear plant. Right. I think it's a little bit easier for us living on a huge river surrounded by lots of farmlands, living in a town of, what, 50,000 people to, yeah. to find alternatives to nuclear. But if if we are going to, as a species, maintain, you know, massively dense, large geographic areas of urban living, like that's that's a 
it's a it's a hard sell to replace that with anything carbon neutral that's not nuclear. Yeah, and, and even if you are going to advocate for them to be shut down, then obviously we, you have to uh, replace or reduce the demand for the, that electricity with renewables, like with the quickness. I just, you know, like I, I keep looking at these IPCC reports and they keep getting more dire every month. And it's like, fuck, how are we going to get through like year yeah, 2100, I, I, you know? And most of these nuclear plants are like located on the ocean. And I'm like, Fukushima Daiichi happened no, not even a decade ago and like nearly wiped out like a ton of marine life, uh, you know, in the Pacific Ocean. I, I I mean I my my drinking water goes through the turbine at Limerick Nuclear Generating Station. I mean, it's uh, it, but not the it, reactor. Kind of like <laughs> no, it does not go through the reactor. That's a closed uh, loop system. Uh, I think there are open loop systems, but those are very old plants. Um, I think Limerick's one of the newest in the country because it was built, it was under construction when Three Mile Island went up, uh, mm. popped off. Mm. And uh, then they were just like, all right, well, we'll finish the ones we got. Are there any dirty songs about the Limerick nuclear power plant? <laughs> not, not, not to my knowledge. Not, not yet. <laughs> I once knew no, an I... atom in Pennsylvania. <laughs> the, it split, and wouldn't I tell you? Oh, it, it, no, okay, I'm not. I'm done. No, I'm, no, done. I'm done. <laughs> not nearly that experienced in uh, improv nuclear power plant uh, rhymes. <laughs> no, no, yeah, I'm still, I'm still learning, still going to night classes about it. Uh, I, 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 yeah, you've got to stop spending six hundred bucks on those classes. <laughs> it's an investment. It's, it's an investment. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I always like to throw out um, thorium reactors. In these conversations, I just, in your so, thorium. <laughs> I've heard they're not all they're cracked up to be. I, I mean, this is where uh, I, I know my my friend on the internet, uh, Lindsay from uh, uh, where, where she's she's a city councillor or something in Leicester in England. Uh, very much knows all the nuclear power stuff. I'm just kind of like, ooh, cooling towers. That's cool. Um, <laughs> you can't argue but, with uh, that. But the cooling towers do look cool. They're they're yeah. they're, they're very cool. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, there's just a lot of '90s nostalgia because I watched a lot of Simpsons growing up. Mm, yeah. Did you have brand recognition? <laughs> But yeah, I think that the the, the waste uh, problem, especially without you know a um, like a space elevator to just huck it into the sun uh, economically, uh, is a big issue. Uh, and we were talking off mic one day uh, uh, about how they had to come up with a pictogram uh, to put on uh, many of the nuclear waste uh, sites, so that if uh, human civilization gets like totally wiped off out, that uh, the our ancestors, if they ever you know can recognize a pictogram know enough to not go messing around with it and then until you know human civilization is completely wiped out we have to like 
guard all of that waste with guns and like people <laughs> so that it doesn't fall into the hands of people wanting to make dirty bombs. We actually discovered off mic one day that the only thing it would take to turn Chris into a capitalist is space exploration. Cause if we could, <laughs> if we could like just shoot all of our waste into the sun, Chris wakes up tomorrow morning, a fucking bloody capitalist. So, well, I mean, it, it becomes more, more and more of a victim, victimless crime to uh, push a society into infinite expansion expansion if you have a nearly infinite sink and a nearly infinite amount of resources to be you know um uh garnered you know um but the fact that while we're earthbound um you know requiring us to grow our gdp by a certain percentage every year seems like a an apocalyptic fucked up thing to force us all to try and do well so as i understand it the the waste problem is an engineering problem, right? You you can actually you can reprocess it so that it it isn't radioactive. It just becomes kind of you know nasty slop, but it's not radioactive slop. You know, it's toxic in a hundred and other hundred other different ways. But like, you know, we don't need like lead lined containers to stick it in. You just say don't go near that. Um, and you know, uh, all the waste is stored on site at the Limerick plant. And it's like in a space the size of an Arby's parking lot for, you know, 40 years of the plant running. Um, Maybe that's what we could do with the, uh, the pizza <laughs> parking lot. They're trying to turn into a uh, used car dealership. Ah, okay. And you, I actually, I did find that the pizza hut is it actually only moved like a few, a few blocks North. So we still have a pizza hut. Wait, we can get pizza. Hut? Yeah. There, there's still God pizza bless hut. America. So, but you're saying all, all of the waste that's uh, generated at the Limerick uh, plant is uh, stored on site? Yeah, that's the case for most American nuclear power stations. Uh, since we have no central disposal site, everything's sort of stored in a swimming pool on site for, you know, the first, I think, five or six years. Then it's cool enough to be put into a cask where it just stays indefinitely. Um Again, we have the technology to reprocess this into better new fuel for the nuclear reactor. We just don't do that because that program was defunded in the 90s by our greatest president, uh, Bill Clinton. Um, (laughs) Loved him. Wish we'd had a season two, though, I have to say. One uh, one One of the big problems is that in or because of nuclear weapons proliferation issues, we use much less enriched fuel than we strictly could for nuclear power plants. So you could be producing 30 times less waste if you could use weapons-grade fuels. I know that's that doesn't sound particularly safe. Well, uh, <laughs> that, well fair enough. But that would, that, I'm convinced, personally. You know, that would only yeah. really sh- shift where the waste comes from, because the weapons-grade fuels are only really gotten there through enrichment and, you, you know, the large amount of mining and, and, and byproducts into, the, you know, their original sourcing. Yeah. I blame yeah, Iran. I mean, the whole thing is... Yes. That's the real Iran problem. Iran ruins everything. Yeah, so. you know, with their imaginary nuclear power uh, program. <laughs> time to go bomb stuff uh oh god god save us all right this is an imperialist podcast now (laughs) (laughs) all right so you know speaking of hot places to work (laughs) yeah so uh a bunch of uh amazon workers in minnesota 
are are on strike, and they're they're also like a they're Somali immigrants, yeah, primarily Somalian yeah. women immigrants, from what I understand. Yeah, fuck yeah. All these Bernie bros in labor, you know, uh, you know, the labor, uh, organized labor movement, you know, is just full of uh, white men in hard hats. Yeah. And also some yes. women in hijabs. But yeah. <laughs> so it's really cool, actually, because this appears to be the latest in a string of Amazon um, strikes that have actually resulted in significant material gains for workers at these various factories that have that have ultimately gone on strike. And it's, you know, it's kind of the, um, like fairy tale of how your workplace is a family is, is, it like breaks down because a lot of these workers are saying like, we went through the proper channels. We went to management, we filed complaints, nobody listened to us. And it was only when we all, all together walked outside and stopped working that things actually changed. So as if you needed, which if you did, then you know, what's wrong with you? But if you needed another example of how the only way to change working conditions is literally solidarity and refute, like throwing your body on the gears of capitalism, here you go. Here's another example of that. You cannot just fill out forms and give them to your manager and expect them to like just drop it in like the suggestion being. box. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, a, uh, that there was some incident, some Amazon warehouse recently, or, or, or like there's ones that have robots now, right? Yeah, I think all and of the them ones that have yeah. the, the ones that have robots have air conditioning, and the ones that don't have robots may or may not have air conditioning. How horrifying is being, that, right? The reason being that the robots stop working if there's uh, if the temperature's too high. You know, yeah. So uh, yeah, so, humans could learn something from the robots and just stop working. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say robots right. have solidarity. Apparently, yeah. uh, they got air conditioning put in because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the robots went on strike. And, and, and any update to the uh, UAW strike? Uh, it's still happening, ah. as far as I know, and uh, it, um, it, it's still going on. I th- Bernie Sanders was there. Uh, Elizabeth Warren tweeted about it, and I was uh, hearing that uh, Buttigieg. Hmm. Yeah, she tweeted. Buttigieg had a dream about it. Actually, he <laughs> well, didn't no, tell anyone. But... He did. He did go there, but he treated them basically like homeless people. Or he was just like, "Oh wow, that's uh, uh, that's oh, something that's Lord. going on there." And, and I think he just like went instantly into like McKinsey mode because he was asking like, "So how much funds do you have to keep doing this?" Like, you know, he's like he's just like trying to see how long the, the yeah. strike will last. Describe your war chest. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Could you please describe you guys, your? What do you your... guys do for snacks? Like, do you... <laughs> I I went to uh, I went to the picket line at the Langhorn uh, GM plant here in Pennsylvania. Nice, because um, uh, a lot of Philly uh, lefty folks are doing strike support because they got a. It's a really small plant out there. They got like eighty workers, and they got to cover. Uh, they got to picket twenty four seven, and it's a good time, you know. Uh, Strike support is fun. All you got to do is show up and look pretty and hold a sign. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have to look pretty? Oh, jeez. Uh, uh. pr- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, that, 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 is a, that is an un... Uh, something that's not uh, talked about a lot, which it's a good point, is that, like, picket lines are fun. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes. I, like uh, when uh, the Momentum workers up here in Waterford were striking, and Momentum was a... A plant that largely served a Honeywell, 
uh, you know, we did strike support there. And yeah, it's just like marching around. And then like when like a supply truck comes in, you just like curse at them and you just like yell things at them. And that's fun. It's like being at a baseball game or something. Yeah. People yeah. Will show up and drop <laughs> off donuts from time to time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, the, and yes. then uh, uh, and then there was the um, uh, a Hilton Hotel in downtown Albany went on strike and uh, our DSA chapter did some some support for that too and and they came up with some like some awesome chants and you're like dancing out and around and like scabby's there oh. you're hanging out with scabby the big inflatable rat it's a bunch of fun i i love the oh uh, god they're trying to ban scabby i, I know <laughs> Save scabby. Sure. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah it's ridiculous yeah that's how you know it's effective right yes exactly yeah. Um, and uh, you, you had sent out a link, David, uh, with the uh, GMAC Cash song uh, going on strike, uh, which is pretty badass. And then the uh, the music video where they're uh, picketing on the UAW line. Yeah. So this is a, a UAW worker uh, who's uh, part of the picket uh, and strike. Uh, and they released a, uh, a hip hop track and uh, a music video uh, recorded uh, during the picket. And uh, we actually got permission to uh, use it as a playout song, so maybe we'll oh, finish yeah, with so that. Oh, yeah, that'll end this episode. Yeah, that's a good idea. Look forward to it, folks. It's happening. It's coming. Yeah, and, and like, I'm just I'm so pumped for like the next wave of uh, good protest song. You know, because like I, like I I don't like I'm not I'm not an artist. I'm not good at any sort of like musical stuff. He's like, I don't even know what to call it, obviously, so I'm not good at it. But, you know, like, uh, um, but usually it's mostly posting cringe. I feel like a lot of it is pretty cringy. Mm-hmm. But I'm really here for, like, some really good pro-union, like, good lefty messaging in, a, in, like, a fun song that doesn't make me feel like I'm singing happy birthday at, at work or something. Oh yeah. In terms of like the old school, uh, soulful ditties. Yeah. Well, I mean like, I like, I like, I like a lot of like the, you know, like, uh, um, uh, Woody Guthrie. Yeah. Like yeah. Woody Guthrie, Guthrie is fun. That, that, that great album that, uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen does with uh, Seeger. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, like I love that. I love, it's just like all standards. I like I like that. But we, we need like some um, uh, Rage Against Machine to come back out with. Fuck yes, Rage know? Against Machine. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, we're we're around that time again. I was listening to uh, somebody's synopsis of uh, the the twenty teens and uh, the how we're we're coming out of the um, era of the post nine eleven uh, music uh, where it, it like really fell out of favor the whole new metal stuff um, and that rage it would be uh, once again really appreciated by um, the, the modern crop of youth. I'm terrified that like podcasting is completely supplanted protest music. It's gonna be protest podcasts. Okay, this is our last episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm now striking against podcasts. No, I, I, I am offended by my own work. I, I think music will always be be out there, uh, but it's just like I think that dominant the feeling, the vibe in music is like either you know still just sort of party and bullshit, or it's like zanned out like depressed sort of like you know preparing for this desired to be avoided but sort of inevitable um you know uh tightening of a vice around uh what seems to be the uh options and future of uh you know the rest of our society the the creepiest uh, music trend that i ever like witnessed is how uh spotify created this huge market for like study music oh yeah it's like lo-fi sort of beats that 
just sort of like make you suspend your brain. And, oh, like, and I, like I listen to it a lot. But yeah. Also, there's something about it that feels kind of quietus, like somnambulism kind of thing. I don't know. I just I don't like it. I, I don't I don't like that I like it and that I use it. Yeah, it's it feels... Amazon's gonna pipe it into your AirPods when you're stuck on the on the sorting floor, uh holding your piss in your bladder. I gotta say though to indie acoustic guitar for concentration. I never used it, but I was also really bad at studying. Like it's just like I well, studying that's why. was like yeah, exactly. How, well, that's how probably did you get why, to, uh, uh, through being a civil engineer or a, a uh, civil engineering school? Look, look, D's get degrees. You know what they call the? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what they call the grad student with the lowest grade in their class? Doctor. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> don't put the GPA on the degree. <laughs> this Which is, is true. Because yes. I had a fucking four point man. I got all A's. Yeah, yeah. I got a super loud shout out in mine. <laughs> I think there needs to be a solidarity movement amongst college-educated people to not put your GPA on your resume. Yep. That, that information should not be shared with anyone for any reason. Yep. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> but I, I got to say, uh, those uh, anime pictures of like somebody scribbling on a page and then turning it with like some cat like relaxed uh, on in, next to the computer or whatever uh, with the lo-fi hip-hop uh, beats going on for like two hours – those things really save my sanity because yeah, like yeah, I work in a uh, very type A type of uh, environment um, and I have a lot of people who um, are very emotionally stressed um, around deadlines and various other things and um, it to just be able to tune that out and just listen to incredibly relaxing stuff uh, without lyrics, which is requirement for me because it totally short circuits my brain while I'm, uh, you know, filling out uh, test reports or putting together a presentation or writing emails or whatever. Um, it just lets me get through the day and not feel like I'm about to like have a heart attack. <laughs> uh, Brittany, uh, to bring it full circle, Brittany, uh, when she was doing her exams, right, you were watching like Norwegian slow TV. That was, was just like the a trains. Yeah. yeah it's just like a camera mounted on the top of a well, train. So what I had my setup when I was studying for my comps, which, uh, I had to read, I was reading at that point, like, I think it was, I think it was about six or seven weeks where I was reading like 10 to 12 hours a day and just taking copious notes on everything. And, um, my setup was I had a armchair in my office that was set maybe 15 feet away from my computer and I had Norwegian slow TV, so just a train going through the Norwegian countryside. And then I had my indie acoustic guitar, like, you know, no vocals, Spotify playlist going. So I had these three levels of, like, media immersion where if I got tired of looking at a book, I could, like, look up and watch a train. It was really a – it was yes. quite a quite a complex setup. I passed, so whatever. It's fine. Hell yeah. Oslo Bergen Railway, uh, 400 so miles good. of scenic tunnels and uh, sh snow sheds. Uh <laughs> if anybody wants to read my writing on uh, Slow TV, I think it's uh, just called Slow TV. It's on Real Life Ooh. Magazine. Hell yeah, we'll yeah. put that in the show notes as well. Eh, why not? Yes. Throw it in there. Um, so solidarity with Amazon. Uh, trains are bitching. If you have yes. not noticed, this podcast is a big fan of trains. And um, Justin, uh, thank you so, so, so much for talking with us tonight. It was really a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, is there anything else uh, you wanted to uh, to plug for us? I, I just want to say it was uh, nice to podcast with you all twice. 
Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like none of us are are, are are mad at all. It just meant we got you for another yeah. for another hour. That was yeah. that was a bunch of fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have figured out a better way to spend my Friday for real. And you can find Justin's work on Do Not Eat uh, YouTube. Is your YouTube channel is Do Not Eat, right? Uh, yeah. Is there? I'm not sure if there's another. Is there zero? I always one forget at if the there's end a, there? no. It's a Do Not Eat zero one. Someone already took Do Not Eat before I got there. What a bastard! Very, I know, right? Well, the one the the Do Not Eat on Twitter because I'm Do Not Eat one on Twitter, and the guy who got Do Not Eat. Just post pictures of uh, silica gel packets. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. so I'm, I'm yeah. kind of like, well, I, I can't even sweet. argue with yeah, this. Uh, I'm not mad. Earned that one. <laughs> earned that one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what? Where does uh, "Do Not Eat" come from? Why? Why is your podcast a call or your uh, your YouTube channel uh, called I, "Do Not Eat"? It's been my screen name since forever. Like when I was twelve. Nice. Uh, Just to know any. Yeah. So I, I, name? Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Well, no, I, I heard that they had to print Do Not Eat on the back of a Claymore mine. And I was like, well, if they're going to print it there, they should print it. I should probably put it as my profile so no one no one tries anything. Oh, my God. <laughs> Your screen name was so much cooler than mine when I was that age. That's yeah, we, we should uh, redo the Gadsden flag with uh, just a Claymore and it just says Do Not Eat. Yes. And I think we have discovered yes. the album art for this episode. Yep, there it is. <laughs> All right, thank you, Justin, so much. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you, listeners. Oh, and you know what? Uh, okay, so you can find us on Twitter. Oh yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Iron Weeds Pod. Find us on Instagram. Iron, Iron Weeds Pod. Uh, buy us a coffee. Dot com. dot com slash ironweeds. <laughs> We're still not good at this. Uh, there will be bonus content coming out. I don't know. Soonish, so probably next week. Um, and uh, if you rate and review us on iTunes and or the podcast distribution platform of your choice and you screenshot it and you send it to us, I will send you some tasty, tasty bonus content. Same goes uh, for any uh, coffees that you might toss us. Yes. And if you toss us coffees, you will also get bonus content. Please do not actually throw hot coffee on us in person. Yeah. Uh, that's not what we Speak what we for mean. your fucking self. Yeah, may- Maybe may- I... You know, maybe that. iced coffee into my mouth when I'm like ready for it. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a little too cold for iced coffee. Yeah. Hit me with your hot coffee. I'm good. It's fine. I can take it. Hit me with your best uh, hot coffee. No, I say I can't. I can't <laughs> sing. I already. I, I established this, and now I've proved it. All right, everybody. Thank you. We love you. Bye. Uh, bye. 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 All right. Bye. Primo beats on the chat. Cause they trying to treat us wrong, but they say they love us. We need a change right now. We ain't going for 
going on strike, strike. We going on strike, for real. We going on strike tonight, till they get this shit right. Hey. We going on strike, strike. We going on strike, for real. We going on strike tonight, till they get this shit right. Woo.